so arjun i'll i'll start taking this up as you know upgrade is one of the leading edtech companies in india and has grown immensely you know in past 5 years um so why don't you take us through you know kind of highlights in the journey in past 5 years as to how have you started and reached here yeah so uh, <laughs> you are uh, i mean should i say about my journey or upgrade's journey because uh, Uh, the the both the things kind of intersected on first of April this year. I am also new to Upgrad, but yeah. Let me just split the question into two parts. Let me first talk about Upgrad because I am uh, assuming that the viewers will be more interested in knowing that mm. uh, a young company. So this company was founded by uh, Mayank uh, Falgun and Ravi. Of course, Ronnie was the 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 chief idea inceptor and the investor and the person who got it all together. these four co-founders started the company the idea was to work out or focus on higher education of of india uh, they felt that k12 has a lot of players in edtech but nobody is really bothered about about higher ed and the problems in higher ed are as deep as the primary or the k12 education in, in india so if you look at our gr the gross enrollment ratio i mean which is in press now thanks to the new education policy we do really bad in it while a advanced country like us or european nations or or, or even the large uh, asian giants like china do extremely well they are in the ratio of 70 to 80% while we are still in close 20s or low 10s in lot of states so their idea was that or their uh, insight was that this ger is low because of two reasons one is the access most of india doesn't have access to these colleges they they don't have one in the locality there are very few good colleges which people aspire to go and most people don't get there second is affordability the it's just not about uh, finding a college maybe the it's a government college and the fees is less but there are a lot of other things right you have to move to a new city there is a lot of cost involved in that you have to create i mean an ecosystem there you have to live there the living expenditure it's it's most of the people in smaller towns in india don't find it affordable they think that it's better to go figure out a small job and just make a living there so this was in in, in fact really pulling our nation itself back so their idea was that we can only revolutionize this if we create a higher ed platform which will solve this problem of infrastructure it's actually a help uh, it's actually a education infrastructure issue more than anything else right so solve this infrastructure issue by bringing the best features by bringing the best curriculum the updated uh, curriculum what the industry works wants to the students and that's where the whole idea of online as a channel came into picture so this is where it got in uh, conceptualized the company has been dealing majorly with post graduate products uh, the latest uh, what industry needs which is in data products data science uh, machine learning uh, we recently got i would say uh, a year back we seriously got into management education with a lot of mba products and now from this quarter onwards with the online learning becoming a uh, becoming a new license which the government is coming out with we are getting into undergrad products also so where our grad stands today is we want to be everything for a student post k12 we have a lot of schools that the, there is deep penetration of good schools medium schools different levels because thanks to the private players in most of the towns and cities of india 
uh, while higher ed is still a problem. And this is what we will try to solve by taking the entire thing online and bringing the best universities to you. That is where the same point you said, right? We have forces from IIT Madras, we have forces from IIIT Bangalore, uh, MICA, international universities like Deakin and uh, Liverpool more, all these things. So this is what um, Upgrad tries to do. Now to add a few more things about me, I joined Upgrad in April. I joined remotely. Uh, in in I mean I have never been to office. Uh, so in in some essence you can say that whatever we have been preaching, we are living it now. Literally every every aspect of our uh, company is online now. Be it onboarding, be it uh, delivery of our product, be it sales, be it marketing, everything is online. Like every single thing. We are even producing content online now. The teachers are using their laptops and phones to record their videos. That's remotely getting sent to our editors and our producers and directors uh, online uh, produce content and we are upgrade, up, updating that in our system. So that's where we are going to. This is the new way of life. Uh, so I joined uh, from Byju's. So I have been in EdTech ever since EdTech as a term originated in India. Uh, been with uh, Byju since the earlier days when we uh, were a coaching center. Then uh, initially was involved in product, then marketing, then sales. Uh, then we had an acquisition in the US where uh, last year, most of my time I was in US taking care of that acquisition and growing the international business. So you can say that I've been one person who worked in EdTech starting from test prep to K-12, to K-10, to K-3, to early learning, and now professional education. So that's briefly about me and about Upgrad. Fabulous, fabulous. And I think the timing itself is a, a very, very interesting, Arjun. I think whatever we were thinking about would uh, you know, get into a, a maximum speed and a lot of these things which were restricted by conventional education because like if you say foreign universities never yeah. want to bring these programs to India. Uh, because they felt that students would stop coming to their universities and there's a huge amount of uh, uh, revenues which these countries do. Well, I mean, I feel that they would still yeah. go. That's not that's not going to happen. in, in but, but I feel that this is the opening up of a new way of learning. And post K-12, you're absolutely right. I think the opportunity was much wider and a lot yeah. of dropouts were there because people were not able to pursue their uh, learnings. Uh, and now with this ability available, uh, both yep. economically and also by convenience, I think this could open up a, a huge uh, opportunity. And uh, and and I think in congratulations to you to be part of this whole uh, life cycle. You know, so you have been early adopter of uh, early uh, part, uh, you know uh, member of uh, EduTech uh, community, and then now being part of uh, uh, this company. So congratulations. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. So. Uh... You know, one thing, you know, I've always been uh, interested in asking, so I thought I'll ask you today, Arjun, that, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Simon Sinek, I kind of hear him a lot nowadays from past three, four months, and he says that, you know, company culture is a concept that is easier to experience, you know, than to describe. So yeah. wanted to understand from you as to, you know, how is it represented well in Upgrad and what, what really yeah. you stand for? And then yeah. in second part, would want to understand that, how is it that you look forward to, you know, kind of inculcate and maintain it down the line, you know, since you have channel partners and being into yep. education quality is, you know, often of yep. utmost importance. Yep. So how do you do that? Yeah. 
So I just want to add to what you said, uh, the whole company culture about experiencing, right? By extension, uh, and this is something which Ronnie keeps telling, right? He says that company is what its top management is all about. It finally starts, uh, starts showcasing the characteristics of the people who is building it and making decisions, right? So he says that, so you improving as a person is extremely important if you want the company to improve and grow. So what is that you acquired new today? And I am, I am a firm believer in that because I think it's finally about how do you experience culture basis, the decisions we make, right? And what is the basis of these decisions? It's our belief system. It's our moral code. So as a person, I am a big believer of fairness and I'm a big believer of uh, persistence and hard work. And that's what I am. I try to do in every organization I have worked for and uh, upgrade is no exception. So at times it involves, and not at times, a lot of times it involves setting those rules and being strict about it. But one thing which I am always particular is that everything you do should be fair. Anybody internal or external who is getting associated with the organization will only be excited and will have a long-standing relationship with the organization if they know that there is fairness in it. If they know that if I work hard, I will be rewarded and I will grow and the organization will ensure that people who are not following this mechanism will not go ahead of me. In my experience, what I've seen is that this gives them a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, focus on what they need to do rather than being worried about anything. So that's the culture we have been trying to build. And that is the culture we have been persistent on. To be honest, it's not an easy thing to work, especially when uh, there is so much of uh, uh, uncertainty and so much of changes in all our life. Okay, uh, I like work. I'm sure that 90% of us is experiencing working from home for the first time in their life. They've never really worked from home. So my dad, he's an auditor. I mean, he's been uh, running his audit firm for so many years. His, it, I mean, his entire uh, work schedule is that I'll work very hard from office, but evening eight o'clock, once I'm home, I will not even discuss work inside home. All those are gone now. I'm seeing him take Zoom calls from the laptop. So uh, the aspect is that we are finally working with a lot of people who are not used to it. And hence to inculcate this whole uh, idea of work very hard, be efficient, be focused all the time when you're working has been very, very tough. But I think last four months we have been, uh, we have been over communicating. We have been talking continuously, ensuring that everyone hears us and hears the logic in it and makes them understand that this is not a temporary lull. Maybe this is the way we are going to live. So you better learn this. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's been interesting. And this is the culture we want to show as an organization. And that's what we have been working on. I would say we are 80% there, 20% we will get there in probably next couple of months. <laughs> Excellent. And where is the, where is the, uh, you know, uh, how do you see the reaction today from, from the market viewpoint? I mean, is the adaptability moving as fast as, as you think that people are shifting, uh, and, uh, and, and broader question, I mean, and this should come from you. Do you really see that the conventional education, the kind of infrastructure, which has been deployed in the education space,
especially on the you know higher education what is going to happen to that how they go able to uh, yeah. realistically justify that uh, because i feel that uh, and this we have seen in most of the industries you know when you when you deploy too much of capital in one one part of the conventional way of doing it and it starts disrupting everybody wants to hold it on how yeah. soon this uh, and how real is this disruption yeah absolutely so number one is as you rightly pointed out gorav i mean there have been lot of noise i mean i you i i'm sure that you you have seen it and you have been following it since the end of march it has been oh god edtech has arrived this is the next thing every investor is investing uh, huge growth but you would have observed that uh, nobody has been talking much about the quarter one revenue after quarter one closed <laughs> right there have been lot of noise in april and early may so what i Uh, what i'm seeing uh, is that the traffic has gone up disproportionately there suddenly is a large number of people who wants to look at online education who is figuring out okay what is this i have never done it in my life but is it really effective so a large number of pensitters have started sampling it so i in quarter 1 i would have seen around 5x 6x growth in traffic and it was the case across right more so in k12 because kids are at all sitting at home what will they do kuch to padhi padna padega so the traffic was high but i did not see and this is across edtech i did not see a conversion into revenue at the same lines because one is see finally education is just not chocolates it's it's chocolate and your broccoli also so you cannot expect that with entertainment you will be able to sell it or automatically indians will come and buy these high ticket size products so you need a infrastructure to do that conversion which is basically your sales and marketing engine so whoever had it has been able to convert that 5x 6x growth in traffic into uh, probably a 1 and a half 2x times revenue which is particularly basically our case also but whoever has not had it whoever believed that okay indians also will automatically come and buy education like westerners do with a with a coursera or with a yeah udemy did not see that happening because indian mentality is very very different so uh, the point i am trying to stress here is that yes there is a huge uptick in people who are now looking at this as a option but the uncertainty has not really converted a lot of them into paying customers they are either sampling a free product or taking a subscription which will be probably a month or two so my uh, hypothesis is that you have to be continuously on it you have to talk to them you have to send them the update you have to tell them that what is this going to be you have to offer them features which they think is important the eventual conversion happened so i was looking at the last month's conversion i saw that almost 20% of the customers who converted were customers who came to our platform in march so it actually took almost 4 months for the conversion to happen but slowly slowly it's happening so in my mind online education definitely has arrived it is no question a penny drop moment but don't expect the tight to turn in a month or two it has to happen over a period of time the growth definitely has improved but it's a regular process now coming to the second question and and this is where the entire thing is right whenever you invest so much of money disruption is something you are scared of and uh, nothing against the offline it is i i think uh, there are certain aspects of offline which cannot be mimicked in online 
So where I'm seeing the world going is that I would expect it to become a hybrid system. I would expect uh, learn while you earn to become a very, very vi viable proposition going forward. See, what is, see, if I'm just being a little philosophical here and digressing a bit, if you look at the whole idea of education in India, right, it is about life transformation. In India, we don't follow a Western philosophy of knowing for knowledge, right? It is about, okay, I will get a job, my life will change, I will be successful. That is what people think about. So online education, the problem so far has been the whole acceptability at an employer level. Now I'm seeing there, there are a huge change happening, especially with people like us doing a direct integration with industry. So my guess is that as in that, as in when that changes, the learn while you earn will take off in a big manner. Still, they would want to go to universities, use those infrastructure. It may evolve into a hybrid model. But suddenly people have started realizing that this is really worth it. I don't really need to take a break for a few years to go and do it. So this is where I'm seeing. Uh, but of course, there will be a lot of agents against this change. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, and, and very well thought. And I think... Uh... Another area which I think there would be conversions of, uh, you know, there was a very clearly, uh, you know, so, so to say one was a credible content and the uh, plat, uh, you know, which was coming from these, so to say, universities and, and colleges and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, professors and lot of, a lot of these people who were generating a lot of good content. And yeah. then there were platforms which were really more Correct. sales engine or acquisition engine. Yeah. There would be a bit of conversions also I see, uh, which would happen now. Because, uh, and there also might be, uh, you know, uh, other way around in terms of a lot of these uh, content creators also might like to aggregate Correct. themselves and try to see some, some value creation. Correct. And, uh, and because I think, uh, so any, any views you have on that? I mean, how does this conversion would happen? So uh, see, uh, what's happening today is that platform, right? Platforms, see, uh, in India at least, or what I have seen is that, the biggest of and the most successful companies in India, even uh, on the online space, has not just been platforms. Along with platforms, they also owned content. Content owning has been a very, very important aspect of the success of these uh, of these products here. And, and that's also because the valuation game where content gets a lot of value more than just a dis being a distributor. It's a, it's a high margin game. So where I'm seeing evolution now happening is... Uh, and a, a, a platform will grow only if they own the content. They may open it up to influencers. Like the way a TikTok became so popular with so much of influence or a, or a YouTube or a Instagram became. I will expect, expect some of the superstar, rockstar educationists today becoming actual content creators. But it's need to be seen whether they will own that content or the content will be owned by these aggregators. Because for them, right, their valuations are very closely related to the fact that they own this content. So this is where, this is where the, I mean, I, I like to call it as the unacademy phenomenon. <laughs> okay, unacademy is successful today because they, are, they, they own most of the content. It's no longer an open platform, right? So I would see things moving in that direction. It's very important that the content is with the platform. Absolutely. And I think that's very, very well said. And I think uh, people who would, this winner would be the who would own the content and IP yeah. would be built and value would be built on the content side. Yeah. Over to you, Ashta, for your question. Yeah. 
so you know so just taking this thing further it means that you know you would also have to make clear cut choices you know as to uh, how to compete with whom to compete or whom to service what kind of courses should be there to you know because obviously the professional courses uh, would be you know as per the category so how have you made those uh, choices so far and is there anything that you look forward to do more in that space so i uh, personally uh, what i do is i just listen to one set of people which is the customer okay my entire strategy is around this one individual called called my target customer who today uh, is a working professional early years few years of experience looking at a again i told you right a life transformational change it could be a career acceleration career progression or doing better in his job things like that so i always try to listen to what that guy wants right so the way we operate is that good part about upgrad is that we have a large sales team who talks to them literally and converts them so the way i see is i try to summarize the conversation this customer is doing and these are always in depth conversation because the customer talks to the counselor right always it's about what my aspirations are what my fears are how will you help me how will i be so it gives you a lot of insight so the decisions on the courses we are going to launch the decisions on the segments we are going to uh, uh, compete in or target has always been about what this customer wants even the platforms we uh, will be present in has been largely defined by this customer i mean the whole idea of should i do a hybrid course is also going to be defined by this customer if the customer wants to do that we'll figure it out so that's how i like to see it uh, because uh, otherwise you'll get confused if you start chasing a competitor saying that okay this guy seems to be doing well now let me go and do things which he is trying to do it doesn't work it just doesn't work so i would like to completely focus on my customer and see what he wants or she wants and then deliver to them so this is how it's very simple sure sure interesting so how uh, you know so understandably you've got about you know 150 channel partners uh, so how this you know whole thing uh, you know which happened just you know since march till now yeah. uh, so yeah. things have changed you know how it has really impacted in terms of expectations of a consumer uh, from upgrade and yeah. how do you how do you yeah. transfer that to your partners correct so i'll just explain to you also i, I mean before we, we started we were chatting about it that it is a very recent thing that we have started tying up with channel partners and franchises i'll also tell you the reason for that right the reason is again the consumer so what i observed is that uh, when the pandemic struck or maybe last year itself late last year i saw a large i saw a large surge in the number of customers coming to us from smaller cities it the smaller city could be a trichy could be a uh, i won't say indore could be a sagar could be a rotak all these upcoming i call it as the emerging india right and there has been a large surge of customers coming from that and i have i have worked with these customers when i was in byju also right my always my bet in education always has been that in a metro the kids have got lot of options but online is a flattening idea for that kid in a tier 3 city or a tier 2 city so my focus always has been there and i saw this happening in working professionals in upskilling also especially after covid started 
So when we delve deeper, what we realized is that a lot of these people were in SMEs, entrepreneurs, who suddenly now understand that they need to upskill themselves. Then only will they be able to survive in this online world. I mean, there are companies which runs uh, retail stores in smaller towns. The business runs into crores, but they still don't know how to do a e-commerce portal. They, they are all thinking about how to go to the next step. Now when, and, and I told you, right, there's a surge, but the conversion has been bad. So when we delve deeper, when we spoke to this customer, we understand that there is a huge trust deficit, right? And the trust deficit will disappear, especially when there is touch and feel. When someone you know, or someone you regard as your own is talking to you about this product and convincing you. So the answer to that obviously was one, I expand and create what I did in Baiju's like hundred offices have sales guys in every town possible. Locals they are recruited from there, trained by us. He will go to the homes of the customer and close the sale. Or second option is there is a large uh, potential channel partners and franchisee networks created by colleges over a period of many, many years. And now with the pandemic coming, those guys don't have any way to do business now because most colleges don't even know when they will open or if there's an admission also, will that be online admission or offline admission? So I thought that why would I really go and hire rather work with these people who have got the experience and who can bring in that local connection. So this is where the whole idea or thought process of channel partners came in again, completely focused on the customer. So, in last two months, two, three months, uh, we spoke to a lot of these channel partners. We explained to them what their, our product is, the delivery is. I am surprised at the speed at which they came on board. They were all ready to get the trainings done in a system like this, Zoom systems. We gave them our CRMs access. We created new uh, CRM products with them. We created uh, rules and incentive structure wherein everything was clearly put in place. What will be the percentage when, if you are bringing the lead, if I am giving the lead, all those sort of things. In no time, we were like, still, of course, it's an iterative process. They are all learning, talking, all these things are happening. But this has been the idea. Now, always one thing which I have taken or which I have always believed in is that I literally look at them as partners. I think that there is only long-term sustainability in this business. If with us, they also make money, right? So we are clearly focused on that. We want only people who are really serious about business coming to us because we will expect them to work very hard, but we will ensure that like the way we reward our sales team, they will also be rewarded. And I told you the whole idea of fairness, which I believe in. This is how we have been going out. The feedback has been quite good. And that's also when I thought I will start engaging with franchise India because this is the platform which gives access to the largest number of partners in the country and talking here will, will also let me ensure that our message goes out to them. And if there are interested parties, they can always talk to us. So this has been what it was a very short journey, but yeah, I am very excited about the future of this journey. Absolutely. And I think uh, they also can be your, so to say, influencers in, in their yeah. own zones and and yeah. I think it's a perfect time to really go out because this whole uh, franchise program, which is a low cost kind of a model, which you have, I think it has a much bigger opportunity. This whole micro entrepreneurship would rise uh, the maximum in these times because a lot of people have been displaced and they have, 
they are you know moved out of their uh, uh, past careers and so on and so forth. So a lot of people are looking at opportunity, and I I genuinely feel it's a good service also. It's a good yeah. service because you are able to empower a lot of people who can with you can take their their life in control and their opportunity in control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm very excited about because finally. as an entrepreneur as an organization it's finally about the number of lives you touch right and number of people you make successful years down the line if they come back and tell you that because of you i was able to build a business or because of your of upgrade i was able to make myself successful that's great so in uh, when i was with tata group in titan i have seen how as an organization titan reap so much of benefit by having this partners who initially came in as uh i mean like trade uh, dealers then they realized that this company is going to go big so they became distributors then they took a retail store they became retailers so that network right i used to run that network for quite some time so that network in my mind is the strongest support system which tata group has most of its companies and then there's cross selling between the companies one guy who came in as a dealer initially has a tanish showroom also titan showroom also a titan i plus also tata motor showroom also that's how <laughs> the ecosystem grows so all the big success stories in india today i mean the the legendary ones be the itc or tatas are companies who have been patiently growing this network which is what as an organization we also want to do in long term it's a small start but the dreams are big then absolutely absolutely and i remember one of the tata distributors you know once the lady was in agra i still remember they were multiple partners they had tanish they had uh, tata motors and she was building a mall and she said i will only use the steel which is from tata so that's a, that's a kind of a fan following right so they yeah. become a, a followers for the business in and uh, and surprised to me that even from a consumerism you know from a consumer decisions also she was so fussy that everything to do with that group so it yeah. is it is value of a, a greater partnerships and yeah absolutely absolutely and and that's also because the group is very fair okay now lot of things would have changed but always the group has been fair and you need that if you support them in times of tough tough times they will support you in your tough times that is how it is <laughs> yeah true so how is it uh, you know so we understand that you know it's it's largely centralized you know when it comes to content uh, disbursement to the consumers so how is it uh, uh, standardized uh, and how do you measure it from a from a consumer standpoint and what is the so i understand you know if a professional does one course i'm just thinking from a you know partner point of view uh, that if i have somebody who's doing one course is it is it um, likelihood that he would do another course or what is the you know duration in which he can come back or how do you measure that yeah so that's uh, uh, so first of all uh, one of the things which we do a lot as an organization is that we ensure that the engagement on our learning or of our learners is very very high so i think uh, you also uh, stated that statistic right we have around 85% conversion rate and it when sorry not conversion uh, completion rate so when i say completion rate 85% of the people who come in with us uh, complete their course in the predefined time because it's university run programs right there is a time that within this time you have to complete so many credits so they complete it they get the certificate they get the degree right there will be some group of people who will say that i don't i don't care i just want to complete it off don't worry about it. i will do it in a self paced mode because i don't have time 
if i include that also it comes to more than 90% now that compare that with the mooc platform where the completion rate is 2% so the same thing which i told you in the beginning right education is a, it's just not about chocolate it's about broccoli also so you have to ensure that they understand this and there is enough social infrastructure around it to make them completed so we invest a lot in mentor services there is like almost one mentor responsible for each student who will follow up with the students if the engagement is going down if he is not submitting the assignment in time so on and so forth so we ensure that the student gets the best out of the program by completing and then probably placement services so on and so forth so engagement is a very very important metric we chase and we ensure that that happens it is because of this that good number of our learners come back to us so currently if i look at it uh, we have approximately 12 to 15 percentage of our learners who are coming back to us and taking multiple courses now this you should see from the perspective that i have only post graduate courses i don't even have a structuring of it it's more only post graduate so there there are multiple people who are taking multiple courses with ug coming in i am hoping this number will really go go up right so uh, finally it is very important that we give value to that customer basis his expectation after when he spends so much of money and takes the course with us and that's something which we very very much stress on okay that's uh, that's interesting so everything happens uh, centralized yeah sorry yeah everything happens centralized so just sorry i, I missed that point so what happens is that <laughs> to ensure that the quality is at the level we want see one of the biggest advantage about online education is that you will get access to the best teachers who would have never come and taught in a school near yours right that's the biggest thing so what we ensure is that we uh, curate the content centrally with the best of the people who are experts in their industry but at the same time we weave out the learning journey so that these people come at the right things right right times in there so this is completely centrally built and uh, this is one of the reasons how we are taking the next level quality to everybody available so there are few things which are centralized and there are few things which are completely decentralized so for instance i told you the sales part has to be decentralized the marketing part has i mean marketing part will be centralized at a delivery level but there will be some aspect of btl which has to be decentralized the content creation and online delivery is obviously centralized so the way we are looking at is what is the best efficient way to do things mm. and there is also a good question which i think somebody has asked priyank has asked a uh, very interesting question you know online education especially for a uh, higher education essentially revolves around your career you know so which means that your employment and things of that nature how soon that mindset for a employers would change Yeah, because that would be a big, big driver for this online education. Because historically, uh, we call it a formal and non-formal education. Non-formal never got recognized uh, yep. purely, predominantly because uh, the the organization or institutions, uh, I mean, yep. uh, the world out there, which is uh, never recognized uh, them. So everybody wanted that if you don't hold a degree, then you are not certified. If you don't get a and so then we get into the whole cycle of uh, what is UGC approved, yep. which is. ASE now this has become a one body but 
yeah. how this this cycle would break yeah yeah so i think uh, i mentioned uh, earlier in one of the responses finally it's all about the job so the recognition at an employer level is what is most important so see a lot of people ask me this question that what is upgrades value addition finally you are getting a triple it bangalore degree or an iit madras degree online are you the platform provider i can also put ask these people to come on youtube and take the classes right what is the value add here lot of people ask me so this is and and this is how i i have always seen it right what upgrade does is it brings in that employable employable employability layer to the entire what's the biggest issue today with our education system our education system we all uh, respectfully accept and keep saying that this is at least 10 years behind industry right we all say that and this is the problem every big organization today has a large training program after a fresher is inducted they don't expect that first few year uh, there is any value coming out of this because they know that okay his his education is outdated so what we as upgrad did is that all our courses are co designed and co built we work with the academics and the industries so if you for if i take an example if you look at our data science course half of the syllabus is delivered by practitioners the data scientists the data scientists in companies ceo of data science companies who actually tell them what is happening in the industry all the courses have got live live projects they have got thesis presentation on practical problems where they apply this and most importantly at the end of the i mean we also have a career services team which ensures that we connect our students to multiple companies so the cvs the companies which collaborate with us we share the cvs and we get interview opportunities for people whom they like to i mean giving the placement is finally their prerogative but we ensure that the person is skilled enough to be recruited by a company which is in that specialization both from the perspective of hard skills and soft skills and for the company from the company's perspective they are ready from day one so we will be literally the only online education company in india today which has an alumni office we have an alumni network we have proof across the industry that people whom we trained can be the kind of kind of employees these companies wants so slowly slowly we are working with each and every one of those employer to change that mindset thankfully this government the new rules of education is also helping us they are now trying to say more and more that online education is same as that the whole idea of bringing online degree where the certificate is exactly the same as at offline institution is a movement in that direction so i am totally with you when that question comes in employer is a very very important stakeholder and like the way we work with learners and our partners to make the business successful we have to work with them also so this is how we are uh, handling this sure your questions uh, ashtar you are a mute sorry uh, so you know this is interesting you know that uh, you know the acceptability and i think the practical aspect of actually using what you've learned uh, is something that our government is also uh, promoting nowadays and i think it's it's well effective
Yeah. Um, as an employer, I can tell you, skill is uh, over the even the certification. You know, once we hire the people, so yeah, I I go by that. So Arjun, taking this forward, you know, understandably that you've been, uh, you know, in past uh, in touch with the channel partners or franchisees for the existing companies. What are so-called, uh, you know, the best practices that you look forward to follow for your relationships here? And is there anything, um, you know, that you have been working with uh, for them that you know takes the journey smoothly with them that helps them also to grow and to get consumers on board? Yeah. So two aspects which I observed. So one thing is, uh, I what I want to do with them is maintain the transparency. I want to, so what we have done so far is that we have uh, basically our communication with them is clear. This is what you need to do and this is what I will do it. Some channel partners will find it not very, uh, I mean, will find it not, not good enough for them, but that we are fine. We want to play by the rules and we want to play by the rules we, rules we agree to. So one part I believe is important is the transparency part. Second aspect is the whole online bit. So we are a technology company. We work a lot on technology products. So a lot of things we try to uh, make efficient by using technology. We want our channel partners, our partners generally also to start thinking like this. We, they should not expect us to send a person there to meet them every hour and then they should not expect us to do an offline training. That is not going to happen. Even after the pandemic was also, that is not something we will be able to do as a nimble footed organization. So this is another thing which we are clear. One is the clarity of the rules. Second is the clarity of the processes. What is, uh, what can be expected from us? Right. So, and, and of course, uh, I, I mean, the firm believe that both the companies, both the, both the partners, we and them should make money in it. So we will deal with all those things fairly. There will be a, uh, also, what we had tried to do is there is a lot of communication we try to do with these partners. We have invested on uh, channel partner managers who are continuously in touch with these guys, giving them update, telling them what is happening, taking care of their resolution. Resolution uh, is, is a very, very important aspect, especially with this such kind of complex channels coming in, right? You have your channel, you have partners, you have franchises. So where does the sale go? There has to be clear cut rules. Uh, there has to be uh, grievances, redressal mechanism. So all those things are what we have set up. So far, it's been all good, but then it's very early stage. I think all these things will become important when the business grows and uh, the bloodbath starts, right? So you have to ensure that there is no bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and then we call it a three stages of a franchisee or a partner onboarding, which is the dependent, the interdependent and independent. And okay. this life cycle is a, is a very... Uh, a continuous life cycle and at this stage because they all joined in they're more dependent to you and they would yep. need a lot of support a lot of guidance a lot of regular engagement right. the problem is a lot of people get into the business like this and this is self-starter you need to be yourself doing a lot of things yeah and sometimes they get back to their whatever they were doing and they lost control and then, then they start blaming the company and say look oh, i became your partner because i was not able to make money especially when it's a kind of a direct sales kind of a function you know it's not a retail function where you just open up a a shop yeah. and customer would come to you. So yeah. it takes a lot in the dependent stage, mm -hmm. uh, at least from an education and activation process viewpoint. And mm -hmm. then once they get into the interdependent uh, and then the independent, when they become independent, then they are themselves 
good enough to handle but i think the first two stages are very critical to achieve that correct correct no that's that's a i mean that's a nice way to put it that's like i was just thinking when you were saying that dependent interdependent independent that's exactly what it is if you are able to identify those state stages and do the interaction with them accordingly then you make it successful absolutely and i i when i do trainings with with companies and i always tell them that put into three baskets mm-hmm. and if as a journey we are able to take say we got 150 now as a dependent how many we will move them that they now started doing performing and they become a little bit of interdependent with us they do something we do something but there is a correlation and how many goes into the the in, independent stage and how this basket is continue to move uh, month on month and that cycle is very important and mature companies would have a very strong cycle to really do that and and some would not be able to do that they would take much longer period than a few others and uh, and uh, and some would be very sharp to fly very fast but they will not be consistent mm-hmm. so all these answers would become a very uh, complex but you have a lot of uh, good uh, franchise and channel experience i'm sure under your guidance uh, things would be able to uh, be much in control then and a lot of people i don't know i mean they don't understand how to manage channel business so it's very uh, sometimes can be very complex in that sense yeah 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 and and you have to be patient is what i have realized i mean you if you are not patient so in my experience uh, so i told you about uh, the the tata experience tata experience was a very successful channel network i tried uh, or i would say half heartedly in byju's we tried doing it it was a failure uh, uh, and uh, in upgrade i am restarting it uh, let us see where it goes so far it has been good but <laughs> it's all about having patience is what i realized you can't <laughs> expect things to happen like tomorrow <laughs> let's hope things will be fast at least absolutely true yeah. so this uh, you know one question uh, related to that that uh, you know do you uh, give any geographical uh, rights or uh, you know geographical priorities uh, to these partners yeah so um, see that is where we started with right i mean the initial idea of franchise partner which was there in upgrade was about uh, a retail store where the customer and the parents of the customer can come experience the brand and so on and so forth right but with pandemic coming in all of that flew off we may bring it back after things are stable but as of now it is channel partners we are working with with local intelligence and local understanding right so we are we are trying to be uh, geographically uh, geographically you say cognizant on getting the channel partners because the whole idea itself was to bring a person who is from that locality who understand that locality so although today his mobility is constrained he's talking on call i can i can argue that i can give a lead from uh, madhya pradesh to a person sitting in bangalore also he may convert but then uh the the whole idea is not i mean like the the purpose is not met there right the idea was that he's a person from locality he knows that when he talks to the sales uh, the customer he knows that okay you know he, this is not a company like this i know that you would have heard about this college which was there in the locality that did not work out well their placement is like that but you know this company is getting you this this so that local touch will only come in if i have local partners right so we have tried to bring in that whole geographical uh, aspect in it and they have also been responding well but as of now we are not doing any exclusivity i don't believe in exclusivity at this stage 
because what will happen then is that exclusivity will kill the competition and kill that aggression and ambition to go so at this stage we are not trying to do it we are trying to see uh, if we uh, we have partners who will emerge out and become like someone who can handle that territory then we can look at exclusivity and all as of now we are not doing it. okay okay and also so, it, uh, i also feel that while major distribution come from these micro partners yeah but there can be an opportunity for you to look at later bigger partners who have much more capability of uh, penetration and and involvement and putting some uh, strong direct sales teams and so on so forth because then they would be able to do uh, and uh, build more capabilities in a particular region which is a uh, and underpenetrated regions like uh, say northeast northeast is a very big region but might need a uh, somebody who who goes deeper into that and 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 uh, penetrates the market got it right so there's like the super distributors yes. yeah somebody who's who's able to really develop we call the area developers the people who would take actually develop the area uh, and uh, and uh, you know so that can be a good opportunity to look at understand perfect sure sir yep ashita we are running on the time so you have some final questions from yeah, your so uh, you know i i understand that you have a uh budding entrepreneur at home so do you help uh, your wife i understand that she started the mom store do you help her in any way or she is completely on her own she is completely on her own so she is in that independent stage which uh, gorav <laughs> she runs it herself uh, yeah since she has been uh, i mean so it, it's it's currently doing quite well uh, i think uh, the pandemic also worked out very well <laughs> the whole idea of going out when you are pregnant is not even something people are thinking about now they all want to do it online uh, so um, i mean so business side the growth is great what she is also working now is developing a supplier network because uh, we are very clear that finally it will become a successful uh, business if we have people in india manufacturing these products so frank pamelek uh, the 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 tough part about our uh, nation is that we want to do a lot of things but actually on the field hota nahi there are hardly any of these smes who want who are able to do these things there is so much of issue with credit so we have been trying to work in that direction creating a supplier network who can do it and and it's it's not see it's i mean um, it's not really a patriotic decision or anything like that. it's purely a business decision because if you import today and if you make in india right the difference in pricing is almost 1 by 5 so it makes a lot of sense to invest and make make these supplier networks in that so that is the focus now uh logistical logistics and supply network and other things so that is also one place where there are if there are people who are interested please reach out <laughs> there that is some place we can work together on true so having said that she is busy uh, you know in her own venture taking care of one three year old yeah. who's managing uh, cooking the south indian food <laughs> yeah so i think uh, that gets managed somehow or the other <laughs> somehow or the other the best part about south indian cooking is that you can do it real quick <laughs> <laughs> right right true so you uh, so what what is it uh, that you reading nowadays i understand that you're an avid reader so something yeah, interesting so, yeah so the problem with work from home is that you literally work all the time you don't get time to switch off at all <laughs> so that's yeah. been some so i used to travel a lot i mean a lot in the sense i used to be on the gra- on the road for four days a week that's used to be my travel schedule literally 
so that's how i used to do my reading because you don't have anything else when you are uh, traveling right you keep reading so that's how i used to cover it now ever since the pandemic i've been locked out of reading <laughs> reading very 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 less now so the recent book i am doing is a book on south india it's called as uh, it's it's a it's the history of uh, the coromandel coast which is uh, eastern tamil nadu sorry western tamil nadu and kerala how the origins happened so i'm very interested in these kind of things so i uh, that's what i keep writing <laughs> and i'll take one question which is more about uh, you know having a investor and a co-founder like ronny been on the on the business you know while we all know ronny very well so so he is a he is somebody who who speaks his mind and also uh, is very uh, you know active kind of an investor so he's not a like a passive investor so how does this marry you know because with you in on leadership now and you have a so to say a, a co-founder and investor who also has his own very strong opinion how does it yeah. marry <laughs> interesting question so first of all uh, ronnie is a co-founder we are not <laughs> calling him an investor he is very involved in the business so what he has done is that um, he he so the good part about ronnie is that he comes with so much of experience and so much of uh, i mean this astute intelligence about things that uh, he will see something 3 days before you would start thinking about it Okay, so uh, what he does is that he ensures that he over overall sees the entire thing, sees the direction, and gives us those hints to push us in the right direction. So that's uh, how we are all playing our part. Yes, uh, it. I mean, and and you're absolutely right. Ronnie is very upfront. He will tell you what is there in the mind, but he's also a very reasonable person. If you are talking to him in data, I mean, like you are point of view. and then we sometimes i mean like most of the times he is right or sometimes we are right finally it's all data driven it's it's uh, if you are able to prove your point uh, with data he accepts it and sometimes a uh, lot of times uh, his point of view is right where we go back and make those fixes so it's always better to have a person like that in in house who will help us not to do those bigger mistakes right so we have been able to uh, do the i mean so far touchwood it's been great let's see uh, how this entire team will scale up the business going forward <laughs> and absolutely you are in the right place right time and under your leadership i think the upgrade would find is a next level of growth so so our congratulations to you what you've already accomplished you know you're very uh, seasoned professional and and now leadership uh, with you in a in a right kind of company so i think the company would see a major growth coming through mm-hmm.